the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No matter who we are and what we've done, God will always pour his favor out on those who choose to seek him. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. I entitled this message, Wickedness Destroys. Well, as you know, today we're faced with difficult times, to say the least. For even though we have achieved much through science and technology with us and all the things that we've created, like being able to launch satellites into space, and those satellites now can operate the GPS systems on our smartphones. I mean, we can send an email to someone around the globe. It gets to them within seconds. We can board a plane here at LAX, and we can be sitting on another continent within hours. It just proves that we live at a high level here in the 21st century. I mean, think about it. We all drink bottled water. We eat food that's been approved by the health department with strict guidelines. We have power windows in our car and air conditioning. You know, most have the ability to to shower every day with hot water. We have indoor plumbing. Many of these conveniences that we take for granted every day They were not even available 100 years ago, 75 years ago. We watched sports and movies for entertainment. Before COVID, we could just get away for a weekend at the drop of a hat or a week-long vacation. Yes, we all live in a time that's much different than any other time in all of human history. Yet, with all of our advancements in technology, has it really given us more safety and security? Absolutely not. The heart of man is more insecure right now than ever before. Just listen to the headlines of this week. Israel signed a peace accord with United Arab Emirates, which they've been working on some kind of peace accord with Israel and any of the Arab nations for some time. And Iran warned of a dangerous future because of this peace accord. They called it a shameful and an evil action. Yes, Iran wants peace as long as it's on their terms. And their terms include no Israel. Why do so many nations throughout the history of humanity, why are they so down on Israel? Why is there so much anti-Semitism? Why is that? Does it have anything to do with the God of this world? Satan himself hates the true and living God. And when the true and living God says, this people, these Jewish people are my chosen people. They are the apple of my eye. That's when Satan rises up and says, I will do whatever I can to wipe this people out. 
Yes, Iran is only tolerant if you completely do as they say. It's just like those that are in charge here in America, many of those on the liberal progressive side. It's like their mindset is they're only tolerant if you agree with them completely. And if you don't agree with the new progressive liberal side, then you'll be turned over to the cancer culture here of social media destruction. We will wipe you out. In New York City, shootings are up now 78%. They're already seen in New York as many deaths as they had over the last two years combined, which is causing the people of New York to flee that city along with some of these other cities. And the rest of the world is no better. There was a huge blast in Beirut that killed 170 people, wounding 6,000 people and doing some $12 billion in damages. There's protesting in Belarus, protesting in South Korea. What what is my point here? My point is nobody's happy. You go around the globe, people are not happy. Yes, our world is filled with negative news and nothing seems to shock us anymore. And why is that? Because our hearts are waxing cold, just like Jesus said would happen in the last days. You know, when we look at the last days, Jesus gave us a snapshot of what things would look like. See, he was walking away from the Temple Mount with his disciples. Now, Jesus seemed to hang out around the Mount of Olives. In fact, at the base of the Mount of Olives at the Kidron Valley is the Garden of Gethsemane, and that's where Jesus would hang out a lot there also. But one of these days, uh, right before he was crucified, uh, he was walking back to the Mount of Olives, and they got to the top, and the disciples said, oh, look at the, look at the temple, because it's a beautiful view of the temple mount from the Mount of Olives. And they said, oh, the temple is so beautiful. And Jesus said, not one stone is going to be left without being turned out from the other, meaning the temple is going to be completely destroyed. And the disciples said, what? When? What is the sign of you coming back? What is the sign going to be? So that's what gives us what we have called the Olivet Discourse, which is Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus talked about, these are the things that are going to happen before I come back. So when you see these things happen, just know that the coming of the Son of Man is near. Now, one of the things that he talked about in that, let me read it to you. He made a prediction in the midst of all the other predictions. And let me read it to you. Matthew 24, verse 36, he says, Jesus speaking, but of that day and the hour, no one knows. He already gave all these signs. When you see these things happening, know that the son of man is going to come. But he says of the day of the hour, I'm not going to tell you the day or the hour because the angels don't know in heaven nor the son, but the father only. Verse 37, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. Noah, really? We're going to be looking at Noah today. It's going to be like the days of Noah was. He says, for as those days before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, they were partying, they were marrying, they were giving in marriages, they were divorcing, sexual perversion, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wow. It's going to be that day. Everyone's just going to be doing their own thing. Wickedness is going to be out of control. Yes, that time that we're living in right now 
It's going to continue to get worse, and it's going to look just like what we're about to read in Noah's day. Things will escalate. It'll be the worst times ever from the existence of humanity. Think about that just for a moment. The only time that can rival the wickedness of Noah's time is the time in which we live today. So how bad was Noah's time? Well, we're going to find out here today as we continue in our study through the book of Genesis. We'll consider three points in light of our title, Wickedness Destroys. Number one, the wickedness of man. Do you think it's pretty bad now? Guess what? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Number two, the favor of God. Yes, no matter who we are and what we've done, God will always pour his favor out on those who choose to seek him. And number three, the way of escape. God gave no way of escape, and God will give all those who trust in him a way of escape. But let's look at our first point here, the wickedness of man. As we read, picking up from where we left off last time in chapter 5, we're going into chapter 6. And we'll start in verse 1. It says, Now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not strive with man forever, because he is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And a Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards. And when the Son of God came to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, they were mighty men, who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land and from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. Wow. Boy, God had a little buyer's remorse here. Not so stoked on the whole idea of man anymore. This is such a sad commentary on the creation of man. Notice Satan has not been mentioned since back in Genesis chapter 3, where he was tempting Eve with eating of the forbidden fruit. But obviously, that sly little serpent, he's been working overtime on the people made in the image of the creator God. Yes, humanity was created in the likeness of God. Yet, just like today, these people had taken a turn for the worse. And we know from last week that God had spoken to a man, and remember his name was Enoch. He was such a striking character. We looked at him in detail last week. He was one of only two men in the entire Bible that it says he walked with God. Now, again, I hope you walk with God. I hope I walk with God. But that terminology is only used about two people in the Bible. One of them here was Enoch, but the other one was who we're going to look at today, and his name was Noah. Now, Enoch was also only one of two men that the Bible says he pleased God. Well, I hope you please God. I hope I please God. But that terminology is only used twice. It's used once with Enoch, and it's used again with Jesus himself. 
And then, of course, Enoch was only one of two men in the entire history of all humanity who went up to heaven without dying. Only two people were actually born out of a woman that never physically died a physical death. One of them was Enoch because he was taken away by God. Remember it said Enoch walked with God and then he was not. Because God took him. And the other, of course, was Elijah. And Elijah the prophet was taken up in a whirlwind. Well, last time, we gleaned from this man named Enoch. This man who had personally walked with, this, with God. This man who personally was well-pleasing to God. This man who was personally snatched away from the earth by God himself. We learned about his great conversion when he came to this crossroad in his life at the age of 65. And what was that crossroad that he came to? Well, it was the birth of his son, and he named him Methuselah. Now, God must have spoke to Enoch on the day that that boy was was born because he was telling him about the wickedness around him, which was getting worse and worse, as we have just read here in Genesis chapter 6. But let us not forget, God is outside of time. So hundreds of years prior here, he was speaking to Enoch, and he was telling them about all the things that were going to happen and how much more wicked man was going to get. So with God being outside of time, the future is history to him. See, we don't know what's going to happen 20 minutes from now or an hour from now. You know, we can kind of figure, well, church will be over and I'll go home or what have you, but we don't know what's going to happen, but God does. Again, outside of time. He's already seen everything, yet when it hasn't happened yet. We're told in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15, it says, That which has been already and that which will be has already been. For God seeks what has already passed by. He already knows. Yes, God knows everything before it happens. And as we saw last week, God has given to Enoch a promise. And it was a prophecy for the future. And it was wrapped up in Enoch's son, Methuselah. And it was embedded within his very name. As we looked at last time, Methuselah's name means when he dies, it will come. What will come? Judgment will come. And that's exactly what was going to happen. God knew that what we had just read here in Genesis chapter 6 was going to happen. Where man would get so wicked that God was going to destroy the earth. God knew that man would turn evil and that he would embrace wickedness. Enoch became a proclaimer of righteousness. He moved many to embrace God in his lifetime. Yet there were many who choose not to follow the Lord. And as you know, Methuselah became the grandfather to Noah. And now we see that as Noah becomes a husband and a father, that he embraced his godly upbringing that was passed down from his great-grandfather Enoch to Methuselah to his dad Lamech. But here we are now hundreds of years after God had taken his great-great-grandfather Enoch away to heaven. And the people of Noah's day have compromised their calling. 
We were all created in the image of God to bring glory to him. But these people compromised that calling. They had compromised their relationship with God. Listen, if you have a heart that's beating, you have lungs that are breathing, because God has allowed you to be alive. We are created by him and for him. But these people compromised that by abandoning their privileged position of being created in his image. Don't forget, we're created a little higher than the angels, the Bible says, and we're given the great opportunity to have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. Yet instead of embracing this high calling, the people in Noah's day embraced and allowed their sinful passions to rule over their lives. We also have a couple very odd and strange things going on here. Did you notice in our text? Did you catch them as we read the first part of chapter 6? We were told in Genesis 6-2 that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and that they were beautiful. And they took wives for themselves whomever they chose. So who are these sons of God? who had sexual relations with the daughters of men who were beautiful. Well, there seems to be a little debate over this. In fact, I don't know why sometimes people come in and they try to read all kinds of stuff into this, and there's people that go off on all kinds of crazy doctrines with this and everything. But let's just take a couple look, look, sees here at you know what men say who these people are okay this term sons of god in other parts of the bible are referring to angels like in job chapter 1 verse 6 it says now there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before the lord and satan also came among them Now, you remember Satan, he was the star of the morning. He was an angel. In fact, he was the most beautiful angel. But yes, he was a created being and he was an angel. So he was a son of God as it's used in this terminology, an angel. He was a fallen angel, but yet he had to come and present himself to God. Yet, of course, in the New Testament, though, we are called the sons of God, like in Galatians 3.26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, many Bible theologians, including John MacArthur, believe these here to be fallen angels. For the Bible tells us that one third of the angels fell when Satan fell from heaven, when Satan attempted his ill-fated mutiny. We're also taught in the Bible that angels have the ability to take on the appearance of human beings. We're told in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some of you have entertained angels without knowing it. And I have done this before. In fact, it happened right out here on the sidewalk in front of Core Church. I entertained a couple angels. I didn't realize it at the moment, but then I realized just shortly after that, oh my goodness, those were angels described and disguised as human beings. It all happened when we were trying to get into this building. 
We had been kicked out of the building that we had over in Washington and Overland, and we could no longer meet there on Sunday. We were trying to get our occupancy permit here for this building, but we couldn't get everything finalized. And finally, I had scheduled for the HVAC and the fire protection guy to come out so that we could get a temporary occupancy permit. I had to get those two guys to sign off on the card. So I scheduled them to come out. Now, when you have the HVAC, it's a complicated thing. Look at all this ductwork here, all these air conditioner systems. But see, it's complicated because when you go from this room to the hallway, to the foyer, then you go from that way to the children's ministry, then over to the offices. Every time it goes out of this room, these ducts go in through these vents and they have electronic little vents that go up and down. If there's a fire, those things have to close so that air from this room won't go into the air in the other room. I'm not trying to give you a construction lesson here. I'm just telling you what has to happen. So the fire system is very complicated and it's a huge computer system that runs everything so that if a fire happens, all these things have to all happen at the same time. Well, that morning, which was a Thursday, we had those two guys scheduled for 4.30 to come out to do the inspection. First, the HVAC guy has to inspect all these vents that they all work electronically. Then the fire inspector has to inspect all the, you know, the overhead sprinklers and all of that. And, you know, so they have to go one, two. So we had them both lined up. I think one at 4.30, one at five o'clock to come out and do this. Now we had to have this done if we had any chance on meeting here on Sunday and we could no longer longer meet in our own building. Not trying to make this a longer story, but you got to get the point here, okay? So that morning, one of the electricians, he cooked the computer that does the whole thing. He did the full meltdown on it. That thing cost like 3,000 bucks. We're like, no, of all days for this to happen. So he cooked the thing. So we found another whole panel for like three grand. We had to go out to like Ontario to get that. So we got it here. Then the guy, it's only one guy that can make this thing work and connect it all back up again. He was down in San Clemente. So we had to wait for him to get up. He was supposed to be up here at 10 o'clock. He didn't get here till two. So now he gets here at two o'clock. He starts working this thing all together, but it wasn't like, oh, a 30 minute thing. It took him hours to get this thing all programmed back. They were shut off these vents off. So anyway, where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us at 435 o'clock. Both inspectors show up. Here's how LA works with their inspectors to come on. Yes, I'm here to inspect. Well, we're not ready for you yet. See you later. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's just how they work. So they both get here and I'm just like, Hey, this happened to belt down. The guy's going to have it here ready any minute. Well, how long? Well, I, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes. I mean, so anyway, an hour and a half goes by and I'm still doing the soft shoe. I'm telling every joke in the book. Okay. I'm like trying to keep these guys. I'm doing the dance. I mean, whatever it took to keep these guys here, because we got to have these guys sign this card off, you know? And so anyway, a couple hours go by. He still doesn't have this thing working. And the inspectors are like, we're out of here. We're gone. We're history. I'm like, no, you can't go. Now it's like eight o'clock. They've been here for like almost four hours. Okay. And it's like, I still have them here. And the guy just says, that's it. I'm done. HVAC guy goes, I'm good. So he's back here in the back. He literally has his car door open. His foot is in the car. And I said, wait. He goes, what? I go, have you seen our Jesus Save sign outside? Because <laughs> we had just got that installed. <laughs> you know, it's like the blinking lights and everything, you know. And he goes, no. I go, well, here, you just got to come look at it before you go. And he goes, 
all right. So he's walking down the front of the building here. We get to the front over there. We had a construction fence lined up. So we get out there. And as soon as I, I get out to the fence, there's this young couple. They're like 22, 23 years old. Never seen them in my life. Never seen them before. They have Bibles in their hand. They say, Pastor, aren't we having Bible study tonight? Because it was Thursday night. And I'm like, oh, no, we didn't have any Bible study. We got kicked out of the other building. We're trying to get in here, and these are the inspectors. And pray for us, because unless we can get our occupancy permit, we can't come in. They're like, Pastor, we have to be taught the Word of God. I'm like, yes, but I'm trying to keep this guy here, so I'm trying to be nice. Hi. No, don't go. You know, it's like, so I'm in between these two. So the, he leaks over the fence, and he goes, oh, that's a really cool sign. You know, he goes, yeah, that is pretty cool. And then these people, Pastor, we need to be taught the Word of God. And I'm like, oh, I know, and I want to, but it's like, we, we, you know, we're trying to get this guy to stay and, you know, and all this. Pastor, we need to be taught the word of three times, they say it, okay? So then I look back at the guy, and he's looking at me. Then I look back to say goodbye to the couple, gone, <laughs> airlifted. I mean, I'm like looking down the sidewalk, gone, like in one second, gone. But I didn't have time to, like, think about it. I'm like, well, that's weird. Where'd they go? So I go back to the HVAC guy, and he goes, man, pastor, what are you doing here? And I said, well, we have church. And he goes, my kids are just like those, but my kids are a disaster. You got young people like that coming out, wanting to be taught the word of God. I don't know what you're doing here, but whatever it is, I want to help you. And he stayed. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher, Steve Wilburn of Core Church, Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 